Well, g'day T, how are we? I'm good, good. I can't believe it's already been seven days. It has been seven days. It's almost like it's been a week. It's been crazy. You know, you know what I love? I love that the audience is growing. We are consistently getting more and more people logging into the episodes for the first time and we're, you know, hitting uh, over 500 downloads. It's phenomenal. It is good, yeah. I mean, well, we started this as let's just get together and have a chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and record it and put it out there and see if people want to listen. So it's good to see people are commenting as well online and um, people have reached out uh independently saying that uh, you know it's helping them and um, also but bringing stuff up for them yeah it's digging into some stuff that they thought they were past and over yeah and and that's going to happen that happens with everything i think but here we are at episode eight and we're going to call this one community and the fold um that w- i think it's pretty self-explanatory so we'll we'll jump into that one in a minute Sorry, you were going to say something? I was just going to say it really follows on from what we did last week when talking about leadership because, you know, the, yeah. the leaders are the, the managers of the fold. They're the shepherds. The shepherds. The shepherds. The That's what they are. So um, I guess we would just want to offer a couple of points of clarification as well. Um, just around when we talk about Great Big AOG, which is now the Australian Christian Churches, back then Hillsong was part of the AOG before they break away and become their own entity and now have come back into the fold um, yeah so so we we talk about um great big aog as the the proto organization which became at the acc australian christian churches and hillsong yeah. which are which are still separate from each other they are yeah, yeah. but part of the same big machine oh totally, totally so, yeah same shit different bucket it is but once upon a time same shit same bucket yeah yeah that's it so i guess it's that's just the interchangeability of some of that language so uh, also, our online platforms continue to engage. It is great to have people engaging, tell your friends, all that sort of business. If you think someone might be interested in listening um, and engaging, flick this on. Flick on the podcast. Yeah, please. That would be really helpful for us. We're available on all the good podcast platforms. You know that because you're listening to us now. But, um, but yeah, tell your friends because um, you know we want to try and get the word out that we're um, talking about this yeah, absolutely. And it's just about, I, I guess it's um, it's encouraging that sense of community that you can talk about the stuff that's sitting on your chest and let's, um, let's engage with mm. each other. I, I don't think that anyone is having this conversation. I mean, I'm not aware. I mean, there was a long time after I left um, Great Big AOG and basically, you know, that whole sort of church scene completely. Um, there was nowhere to go. There was no yeah. one talking about it. There were no books to read. I think there was a book that came out on Hillsong written by, I can't remember her name, um, but it's called um, People in Glass Houses. Yeah. And she actually wrote a book about her experience in Hillsong. Uh, I think I remember that one. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I read that book yeah. and uh, I reached out to her. It might be good to try and get her on here one day. Yeah, that'd be good. And, you know, I, I mean, as we've said before too, we don't want to make this a, a negative fest. Um, we really want to make sure that we catch this in the positives and we can pull forward things from this and stuff that we've learned, I guess. I mean... For us, it's been many years since uh, we came out of the space, so we've we've got maturity on our side, well, you'd hope anyway, mm-hmm. um, and the ability to contextualise some of that stuff from back then. Someone said to me, um, someone reached out to me and we're talking, and they, they said, oh, you know, I'm still trying to deal with all these wasted years. Yeah. And my and I felt like that for a long time too, but my response to them was I said, I said, everybody has a story, yeah. right? And nobody gets from point A to point B in a straight line everybody's got a story and yours just happens to be this 
And it's not in any way wasted years. No. They're formative years. It's learning. You wouldn't be who you were or who you are now if you, if you hadn't gone through this. So I really genuinely, I'm not just saying that to stay positive. I genuinely don't see it as wasted years because yep. everybody's got a story. Have you seen that meme where it talks about, you know, my plans and it's got point A to point B and there's a straight line going up and then it says what actually happens and it's a squiggly line going backwards around in circles and all this kind of thing and then finally gets to point B. That's true of all of us. And yep. this just happens to be the path that we walked, you know, and, and everybody's got challenges and struggles to get to where they, That's to it. Where they are. So this, it's not wasted years at all. This is part of our squiggly line. This is part of our squiggly line. <laughs> <laughs> and I, no, I think that your reality is life's too short to couch anything as a wasted time or a wasted year. So use it, pull the good stuff out of it, um, contextualize it, and there's always good stuff in it. Yeah. I and promise you. You know, you know something else, B, that I was thinking about that in terms of, you know, were they wasted years and all this? I look back and I think in terms of that game, you know, and that's what it was, being in Great Big AOG in a lot of, a lot of ways it was a game, we were a fucking success. Yeah. You know, like we, we were young. We weren't ever going to be, you know, senior pastors or anything like that. But we were a fucking success at, when we had to play that game. And then when we worked out, eh, it's not for us and we moved on. We're doing what we're doing now. Um, we're successful at what we're doing now. And we reinvented yeah. ourselves and, you know, and, and we moved on. And I, and I just think that that's really the good way to see it, you know, that we... Okay, that was then, this is now, and, you know, kicking yeah, goals. Look, one of the, I, I mean, as I, I said in the last episode, you know, a lot of my my career, um, and, and this is how old I feel, this is my 30, uh, 35th year in the mm. workforce full-time, um, and a lot of the things that I learned while I was in the church scene in leadership, I absolutely apply now, and some of that stuff is... Like speaking in tongues yeah, at board it. meetings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but some of those things, I think, are the negatives, where you go, I'm not going to do this, but some of the but things... But that's learning, right? Absolutely. Because I, I watch people do shit, you know, I, I work for a small little tech company. I see people doing stuff, and I just think, we they're not good, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. It happens everywhere. It, it does. It absolutely does. So... It's about lifelong learning. Um, but we probably should... We, we've waffled a little bit at the start, but I think it was useful waffle. Um, I'm going to throw to you first, T. Talk us through some of your experience about community and the fold. Yeah, sure. So the thing about the, thing about the Revival Centre, which is you know, where I started, and I was in the Revival Centre from about 13 to about 17. Yep. And then I came into Great Big AOG from about 1920 um, onwards. Um, but the Revival Centre... As I've said before, unashamedly, I will say they're they're a cult. Yep. Um, but thinking about cult being a spectrum, right? Like you know, what what is a cult? And cultiness, if that's a word, is is a spectrum. And you're going to have organisations that are worse than than the one you're in, and they're further further up, you know, that end of the cult. And you're going to have organisations that are you know better than the one you're in. Um, and so, if we were to plot where do these two organisations exist on the cult spectrum? Their revival centres are a bazillion times worse than, than Great Big AOG. Um, so they were very closed. Um, but that said, there was a real sense of community and a real sense of camaraderie. And mm-hmm. um, I am still in touch with people that I was in the revival centre with to this day. Yeah. Um, and we are, we are friends, you know, yeah, genuine okay. friends, because no one else understands each other. Um, and what we went through then, but, um, you know, when we were there together, it was awesome. You know, we had yeah. such a good time. We used to have a lot of fun. I remember one day we were driving along um, at a, a summer camp um, and a friend of ours was older and he had a car and we're driving along. We pulled up next to these people, wound down the windows because it was at night time, right? And we used to, because we didn't drink, we didn't smoke, you know, we we're all looking for ways to kick up our heels. And we're driving along and there's this group of people walking down the road. 
And um, we stopped and we pulled down the window and yelled out the window to them. We said, um, this is the days when you used to wind down the window. Yeah. Right? And um, yelled out to them, hey, um, what religion are you? And they go, oh, we're Catholic. And we said, oh, then burn in hell. And we wound up the windows and, you know, sort of drove away and shit. And it may sound like, you know, I mean, look, this is what cult kids do, right? That's, that's fun in a cult. <laughs> it, was, it was huge. It was I, great. I'm we slightly had... disturbed sitting here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sure. But we had a great time. It was, it was huge. Um, so there was a real sense of belonging and great friends and all that kind of thing. Um, but the dark side of that, of course, was that we were cut off largely. And I mean, I was lucky that my family were never really in it. So I could go home and get away from it. Um, but a lot of the kids and, and families that were in their whole family, they, they could never escape it. Yeah. You know, and um, that was, I, I think that was, that was pretty hard for them. So I was in that sense kind of lucky. But the organization was um, all consuming. Even for me as a, as a teenager, I used to go to um, church twice on Sundays. I used to go to a home group on Wednesdays when my mum would let me, especially school holidays. Home group meaning, or they called it um, house meeting, they called it. Oh, so yeah. that's like a Bible study at someone's home. Okay. Then we go to youth on Saturday. Um, and so, you know, there was no time for sport and, mm. and other things, right? So it was definitely all consuming. But I used to have a really good time. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so then I guess moving into great big AOG, I took a couple of years off from church and from God and all that kind of thing. And then I moved in, uh, in sort of like long service leave. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. yeah or, okay. or maybe we could call it recovery. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, yeah, moving into there. And when I first got into great big AOG, I thought, wow, this is really different. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the feeling and the, and the culture, I wouldn't have called it that as a, as a, as a 20, 20 year old, but the, the feeling and the, uh, and the culture was so much lighter, so much more welcoming, yep. so much more accepting. Um, but after, over time, that's when I started to realize, oh, this is actually more of the same, yeah. but just further at the good side of that sort of spectrum. But, but I'll come back to that in a minute. What about you? Look for me, I think, um, you know, and I think I've spoken about this before that, uh, I, I didn't really know who I was when, around seventeen-ish. Yeah, who knows? Um, when who knows? I, yeah, no idea. You know, I was a, I was a bit of a lost unit, and I, I, you know, I was drinking a lot, I was partying a lot. Um, but you never was, smoked though, did you? Yeah, yeah, I was a heavy smoker. Oh, really? I thought I thought you were never a smoker. Yeah, I actually started smoking when I was eleven. Right. right. Um, I think I did too. Yeah, and I was I was smoking about twenty a day from the time I was eleven. Oh wow! Um, okay. But no, I used to just occasionally nick them from mum and dad's. No, I was, no, you were a hardcore smoker. I was terrible. And um, interestingly, I, I gave up when I was 20, I think. Right. Um, but I was up to smoking a couple of packets a day. Wow. So a couple okay. of packets of 30. As, yeah, as a teenager. Wow. So I, um, yeah, I was terrible. But um, yeah, I, I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know where I was heading. Um, at that time, I was doing an apprenticeship. Uh, I was, you know, I was almost a qualified tradesperson at, at yeah. 17. So... You know, I, I mean, I had a lot of good things happening in my life, but I think I was, I was quite lost um, and I never felt like I fitted anywhere. When I got involved in the space, I felt amazing things. I, I felt acceptance. I felt belonging. I felt love. I felt concern for me as a person. Mm. Um, I, I didn't feel like a cog in the wheel. I felt important. Yeah. And I think it was genuine. I think it was a, a real genuine feeling it wasn't something to just get me involved in the space and get and make sure that I didn't leave because 
all in all, despite all of the really shitty things that happened, similar to you, you know, I'm still in contact with, with many mm. people from the space, some people who are still involved and still, and we're very different. We're mm. very different, but we do have a, a connection from the past, which keeps us mm. a bit, it's our glue. I mean, um, here, here are we. Yeah, know, well, that's right. All these years later, making a podcast about the whole thing, you know. Well, and, and you and I, you know, have stayed in contact, I think, throughout the whole time and, yeah. and have been in very, very different spaces many times. Yeah. Um, but we, we've still had that connection, but also a mutual respect for each other, I think, that, that continues. And I still have that for these people that I still am in contact with. Yeah. Not, you know, it's not contact all the time. Some of it's through Facebook, some of it's through um, other mediums or we'll catch up with mutual friends. But... It's still there. Yeah, I find it. I find it hard to stay in touch with the ones that are still really heavily, heavily embedded in Pentecostalism. Whether it's Great Big AOG or another one, yeah, um, it's not totally impossible. There's there's a couple of people that I still can connect with, and that has also depended on my attitude towards the group. Like when I was really angry, yeah, I would you know metaphorically, of course, just go and piss in their front garden. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like you said, you know, you talked about turning up to weddings knowing that they don't listen to, to anything but Christian music <laughs> and saying, "Have you listened to the new Oasis album?" <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and which was what what's the story? Morning Glory, by yeah. the way, which was a fantastic album. Wow. Um, they missed out. Um, but that's exactly what I was like, you know. And then when I went through my very very angry militant atheist stage. Um, I I had people pushing me away. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just. Yeah. Well, you were quite antagonistic. Yeah. I was I aggressive. Was yeah. Because like, no I was doubt. just so fucking angry. But as as a side note, I think no one still knows what a wonder wall is. Right. So anyway, that's just a side note. And if anyone's listening knows what a wonder wall is, please tell yeah, us. Put it on our Facebook page. Yeah. Put it. Wasn't it a Facebook? add-in for a little while wasn't it called Wonderwall oh yeah but no, no this is after the after the album but, yeah, no, we digress no, we digress we do digress but for me I think um, also what it did was because I had that acceptance that love it built a confidence in me that I'd never felt mm. and I felt a confidence in being able to be probably um, be me like I, I actually don't think really yeah yeah Gee, that's fascinating because I just think it's so much about my experience was so much about the diminishing of my individuality. Yep. But, but keep going. Well, it was it was interesting. Like it, it's when I reflect on it, there's definitely parts of it that I I felt like I had to be something different. Um, but all in all, I think I, I stayed relatively true to myself, mm-hmm. and I stayed, um, and and probably um, it definitely it shaped the way I became, um, and I definitely modified behaviour for particular settings because there was very clear rules on what was accepted and what wasn't accepted um, about how you could act, how you could speak and all that sort of stuff. But all in all, I stayed true. Sure. Okay. Because I guess the way I sort of see it is, you know, what you just said then, there's, there was set certain rules about how you acted and what you did. Um, because if you broached those rules, the acceptance would end. Yeah, but, you know, if, if I reflect on that in my workplace, um, I work in a workplace which... I think many of us work in that you have to be, um, you have to definitely fit within particular rules and say particular things mm. and you, you definitely have to modify and shape your behaviour when you're part of particular groups and settings at work. And it was probably no different when I reflect on that. All right. I, I, he- I hear what you're saying, but the challenge there is the difference between work is you're not giving your heart to the maker of the universe who is saying that they accept you as you are. You know, like you... Yeah. you 
just as I am <laughs> and you know these kinds of um, you know altar call hymns and this kind of thing there's a very different you know like I've heard it talk before about you know why is the US uh, Marines not a cult yeah and that's because everything is transparent and everything is open um, you know you know that they're bossing you around that they're doing this and doing that they're not coming to you saying we accept you you know Jesus loves you Jesus died for you as you are you know it's somewhat different yeah no I agree it is, it is, and it's a good point that you make. Um, but I, I guess for me, because I wasn't confident before mm. I went in, it mm. built a confidence. I think if sure. I went with a degree of confidence and that got chipped away, yeah. and maybe my confidence was um, a bit of a false confidence at the time that was built upon a house of straw, essentially, mm. Mm. Um, but it built... You quote in scripture or, or Three Little Pigs? Uh, three Little Pigs. All right, okay, cool, cool. And, cool, and cool. I haven't shaved, so I've got hair on my chinny-chin-chin. <laughs> but um, the... Reality is, for me, it, it did. It built a confidence because I, I think, for me, it was something that I was able to, um, you know, I'm, I've usually been a relatively natural communicator and a leader in that space. And mm. when you have that built and fostered, um, it built a confidence. Yeah. Look, I, I don't want to, for a minute, dismiss yes, you how do. you're feeling. No, I don't. No, I, I genuinely don't because you... You know, we, we, we've talked about the contrast of our starts and, you know, and our personalities and the, and the different experiences that we had in Great Big AOG because of who we were and where we, who we, uh, where we came from. Yeah. So 100%, you know, this is what it did for you. Um, I get that. And, and I, I want to also resonate with some of those things. Like, you know, in my job now, I do a lot of public speaking. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I teach um, in, in my role and I, and I was, in fact, a, a, a school teacher for a long time. A lot of those skills and being able to hold groups of people and hold a crowd and all that came from my, you know, my preaching yep. practice and experience within Great Big AOG. Um, and so, yeah, 100%, there's no doubt that there are skills and um, some of my ability to, to network yep. um, and, and connect with people, I think, was developed in, in, in the cult. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Whereas, whereas now I try to use those powers for good and not for evil. So I, I resonate with that. I, yep. definitely, I definitely do, but I, but I, I do want to sort of, you know, reiterate that the promise of joining this organisation and coming into the fold. I can remember waking up when I left Great Big AOG and actually saying to people, "This isn't what I signed up for all these years ago when I joined this organisation." Yeah. When I started to think about where I was and you know what I'd done and who I'd you know who I'd related to and how who I'd become. Very much, very, very different. Yeah. Um. So yes, there was a hundred percent things that I, that were good, but at the same time, there were things that you know I, I didn't like who I'd become in a lot of ways. At the end, yeah. I had to write letters to people and apologise for some of the stuff I'd done. Yeah. As as a member of these these organisations. Yeah, and look, I, I think you know, like I reflected last episode and others as well. I mean, there was a point where I had to leave because mm. it because it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, mm. and I'd certainly been shaped in a particular way so there's no doubt that that space influenced who i'd become and who i was yeah um but i think for me overall it was positive it was a positive shaping um i've been able to chip away and get rid of those bits that haven't worked for me it has taken time it has taken a lot of self-reflection and some of that's been very difficult too mm, very um, painful very painful but also i probably in the earlier days when i left i shed away a lot of the things that were probably useful because i threw the baby out with the bathwater. yeah 100 um, i did that too so i've had to bring time. some of those back 
yeah. and go, you know what, that yeah. was good. And I, I So we are having a baptism service after this <laughs> session. Correct? We are. These yeah. are the things that we brought back. Don't, yeah, but don't throw yeah. the baby out with yeah. that baptism water. Okay. Um, but for, you know, for me, I think um, that does happen. You quite often have to strip away all the rubbish and then rebuild a bit. And interestingly, they talk about that when you go into the... the the fundamentalist scene that you've got to strip away everything and rebuild mm. it with with Christ, you know, mm. all that sort of stuff. So it's a similar approach, but... Um, you know, you know, Buddhism talks about, you know, the idea of rebirth, right? Yeah. Um, that, you know, and, and, and if you take it literally, you, you die, you come back as a new personality, new, new person, and, you know, you live again and then you die and you keep going. Um, and they call it samsara. But if you look at that metaphorically, the idea that we reinvent ourselves... Um, every time, well, not every time, but we re- reinvent ourselves many times in our lives. And mm. I think what happens though is in the same way that in Buddhism it talks about you bring the karma from the last life yeah. um, into the new life. I think metaphorically, you know, when, you know, like for example, for me, you know, leaving the uh, revival center or leaving the AOG or, you know, some other major signpost in my life, I've reinvented myself numerous times, but I'm always yeah. bringing the karma or the, the, the things that have made me who I was in the last iteration of myself into the next one as well. You can't escape that, you know. So working, taking the good and and bringing that with you. um, And, you know, like I said, it's a metaphor, right? I'm not sitting here saying we're all born again. So I was sort of thinking, you know, in some of my reading, you look at what's called dualism, right? Which is basically there's there's two factors to to life. There's in and there's out. There's us and there's them. And I think that my time in the revival centers was much more, but even in the AOG as well, there's this dualism of in the group yep. or out of the group. Yeah. And when you're in the group, you have all these benefits, etc. You know, but when you're out of the group, you don't, right? And so we used to sort of see the world as and, and even within the AOG, Australian Christian churches itself, we were in great big AOG and they were in some of these smaller ones. And yeah. they weren't quite part of us either, even though they were in the one big organization. Yep. Yeah, it's very true. Um and there was an us and them and it as you say, it wasn't just internally, it was externally as well. And you were also led to believe that people who weren't part of the organisation weren't truly happy mm. or satisfied in life. And mm. until they came into the fold, yeah. they couldn't be truly happy. So we were, and I think some of that was about the controlling of cutting your ties with your past life or whatever, mm. because it wasn't really valued that if you still connected with some of your friends outside the space, unless you were trying to convert them. Yeah. Um, so it was, and to do that, I mean... So that's different to the Buddhism thing where I'm saying, you know, you bring part of who you are and you still incorporate, you know, these, these, these past iterations of yourself. Instead, yep. you're saying, no, there was no value. You're in now and it, and it all starts here. Yeah, strip it away and yeah. rebuild Historylessness, it. that's called. I have no history until I join the group. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's stripping away and rebuilding. But the, the problem was that the rebuilding could only be done within the walls of the of organisation. The yeah. Yeah. So, and to do that, you were... Um, there was definitely an inclusiveness, but it was an exclusive inclusiveness. Mm. So you you had to... Well, that's the dualism. It's excluding the outside and, and including the inside yeah and as you spoke to it before you know it was it was youth group on a saturday night it was church twice on a sunday it was a home or study group during the week and yeah. then any of you if you had any more energy then yeah. you could be part of something else yeah so. well you know i was thinking about that before i've talked about that the revival center kept me busy but um i was uh twice on sunday uh this is in the um aog i was twice on sunday 
I was home group on Wednesday. I was involved in a um, in an outreach thing on Thursday night to, to street kids. Oh, then yes. I was involved in the um, street team, going out and handing out leaflets oh, and Bible night. bashing on a Friday night. Then I was in youth on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and remember, church twice on Sunday. Your weekend's yeah. just gone. Um, but then I went to Bible college. Yeah. And I was in Bible college four days a week. I mean, the, the Revival Centre had nothing on the AOG as far as keeping you busy and keeping you in the, yeah. in the fold. And you had nothing to contextualise it with. So, yeah, if you had your job, obviously it was that, but your job was just go in 38 hours a week and, and get out. Yeah. Um, but you, there wasn't an ability to contextualise the stuff that you were doing. So mm. it just became... So I found it quite arduous. And if sometimes you need a bit of a break and think, I'm just going to have a sleep in on Sunday, and you came just on the Sunday night to church... You're often referred to a spiritual oncer. Spiritual oncer. Do you what remember that, that? Spiritual oncer. It was you're just turning up once on a Sunday yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, spiritual oncer. That's a spiritual right. oncer. That's and, what they called it, didn't they? And I remember copying that one or two times, and that hurt. So I made sure that I came twice whenever I could, yeah. and then I found myself referring to others. I, as a I remember oncer. the street team leader once saying to us um, that we, he wanted to do something on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and he's going to speak to great big AOG's senior pastor and get us excused for the Sunday morning. And I remember, this is very early on when I was in there, and I remember looking at him and thinking to myself, what? We have to get permission. This sounds like the Revival Centre. What do you mean we have to get permission? We just don't go, you know. Yeah. But no, exactly right. You become a spiritual oneser. Yeah, and it was known that you weren't there. I yeah. mean, there was there were eyes and ears. Um, and it, I don't know. It was done under the guise of caring and yeah. all that sort of thing. And maybe, you know, I don't think there was anything sinister behind most people's motivation for it. They were trying, but they saw the only way that you could actually be protected or kept in the fold was make sure that you were completely absorbed by it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a lack of trust. Yeah. It was a lack of trust that you could actually have friends outside of the organisation um, and not be polluted by it. Yeah, because they're they had learned by experience that that's what happens. Yeah. If people are not engulfed by the organisation and in the organisation's, you know, events and that kind of stuff, they will float away. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, whether it's intentional um, or even if they even, even know why um, or conscious of it, they are still pushing you to attend everything. You know, yeah. something else I wanted to sort of bring up was the way that we saw other Christian groups. Yes. Right? Like... Um, you know, we saw the Salvos and the Baptists and the Anglicans and even other Pentecostal denominations as somewhat less Absolutely. than our group. Oh, totally. And I mean, I remember even going to, before Great Big AOG, the, the place I was connected in with, um, I remember they lost a large swathe of young people who all went to Great Big AOG because it was the bright lights of the mm. big city and the... Well, um, eventually you. Eventually me. Um, and it was three to four hundred young people that all got together on Saturday night. That's huge. It's like yeah. a massive party. Yeah. So that... And there was there was girls and if you're a girl there were boys and if you're a boy there were other boys, depending on what you're into, it was all there, you know. Yeah. So it was it was social not that you could ever do that, but socially <laughs> it was um yeah, it was it was happening. Yeah, totally. So uh, I mean but I remember definitely looking at others 
as lesser. Yeah. I can remember once um, Pastor Pastor H, I'll call him, who was the senior pastor, he was saying um, one day, oh, you know, we did a prayer meeting once and we marched around and we looked like a group of salvos, um, but not that we are, of course, salvos. And he made a, you know, like just made this big point to distinguish that we are nothing like the Salvation Army, yeah. which, of course, from an Australian cultural perspective is like, you want to be more like the Salvation Army, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you know? that's right. But no, we're not lukewarm like them. Yeah. You know, we're, we're spirit-filled. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you a story about when I became the youth pastor of, let's call it Country Town AOG. Yeah. When I went to Country Town AOG with another pastor, and as I said, I was like the assistant pastor slash youth pastor, um, he had come from Great Big AOG. Yep. And when we got there, the Youth Alive group in this country town had been, because the AOG had never really taken off yep. in this town. Um, it had always struggled, change of leadership, this and that. So another Pentecostal denomination had taken Youth Alive okay. and was running rallies and, you know, bringing in, you know, people from other denominations to be a part of it. And so when I got there, um, the, the pastor that I was working with pulled me aside and said the state leadership of um, the AOG has made it clear that we need to take Youth Alive Oh. back from these other denominations oh dear. and we need to yeah we basically need to take it back and make it a part of the AOG and take control of it and all this kind of stuff 100% that is a full true true story they were from a from a you know getting people saved and bringing kids in and all that all the things that mattered to the AOG and mattered to these they were doing great yeah but the assemblies of god state executive had decided we need to, ta and so I was actually tasked with going in and subverting, right? And it was so hard. I was, you know, I was so torn. I was so yeah. upset by it because these were really good people. And, you know, I was looking up to them. If yeah. I was a member of their church, they would have been like Pastor B, Pastor J, Pastor, Pastor M, Pastor Q. And yet I was put at odds with them. And yeah. they had no idea that we were going in there to eventually try and take Youth Alive, which was an AOG thing, yep. back from them. It's just frightening. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's telling of the whole space. I mean, that's what happened quite often, didn't it? That it was very exclusive. They were the only mm. ones with the true truth. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. With, with the most most pure form of the truth. Exactly Absolutely. right. So, so look, you know, the, the organisation, I think we can say that there was some great times and there were some great things came out of being a part of it. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't have been for as long as we were. That's right. Um, so, so let's not forget that. But at the same time, um, you know, when you when you make the decision to move away from the organisation, there's a cost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and look at some of that is is quite scary um, because you know some people were cut, and you know we'll certainly talk about it in other episodes mm. of when people were cut um, and when people, it was very different, uh, difficult to reconnect with them because they were polluted, mm. um, no longer being part of the fold. So yeah. Whether they were ejected or whether they chose to leave, yeah, yeah. it was pretty much the same. And, and you lose touch with them and they sort of disappear. And yeah. it wasn't until they leave as well that you reconnect. And that's what happened with you and I. Yeah, yeah, that's, this is true. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah. guess what? I think our time's done. It is. Again, that, that, that goes so quick. That just flew. There yeah. was obviously a lot in that. There was. This and... may be another part one. <laughs> <laughs> this may be another. There's our disclaimer. Yeah, Everything cool. can be a part one. All right. Until next week. See All you right. later. See you then. See you on Facebook.